John and I actually didn't grow up together, but our grandparents did in, in a little community <laughs> called Etna. And probably nobody in this place except John knows where it is. But it is between Centerville and Hohenwald in Hickman County. Um, John has spent uh, a lifetime in uh, ministry, I, I think mostly in teaching uh, in various places. Spent a lot of time in Romania. He just got back uh, two or three weeks ago from seven weeks in Romania. And with the current unrest in that area, uh, I thought that it would be enlightening for us to see what is happening in Romania, what relationship there might be to the troubles over there. And uh, I'm just pleased that he could be with us today. Thank you, John, for being with us. Okay. And uh, it's nice to be with you. These two are my oldest children <laughs> right here. Uh, they introduced me to what youth ministry was all about uh, almost, uh, what, 45 years plus ago. They were, we worked with them at Brainerd Church of Christ in the youth ministry there. And, uh, they're some of our very dearest friends. I want to talk to you a little bit about Romania this morning and uh, just share some things with the background. Um, I was born and raised for a few years in Etna, Tennessee, but I live primarily in Centerville. I married a young lady, Marcel Brown, from Corvallis, Oregon in 1973. Graduated from Lipscomb in 74. We have two married daughters and one adorable grandson who I am just tickled to death with. I worked for Bell South uh, 35 years. Most of that was across the street uh, here in the glass building. That's, that's my oldest child there because I, I did a lot of the floor planning and layout and helped with the building additions. and really on the ground floor of what at that time was called mini computers, today we call them servers, but a, a very rewarding career there. Uh, after retiring in 2007, I began teaching English as a second language. Uh, let's start talking friends speak. I was doing that at uh, Brentwood Hills. I received a late night call, kind of like an angel, uh, called me and said, I understand you enjoy teaching English, yes, and we had a lot of uh, people engaged in our Friends Speak program from Asia. He says, I understand you like working with Asians. I said, yes, I do. He said, how would you like to go to China? <laughs> After I picked up the phone, I said, well, let us pray about it. Uh, so I had the opportunity to teach English as a second language in China from 2011 to 2013. Uh, a very, very interesting experience. And uh, uh, then from in Ukraine from 2014 on to the present as I have opportunity these days. I've been traveling to the former Soviet Union since 1993. Uh, about eight, 18 months after the Iron Curtain came down, I made two trips to Russia. Had trouble getting back into uh, Russia. They weren't too keen on Christian capitalists. So uh, coming in and uh, sowing all kinds of seeds of discord. So I ended up go, starting to go to um, 
Ukraine about 1997, and I probably made about 50 trips uh, since I've been there. Um, the war broke out in late February. Uh, the war where Russia invaded, actually invaded Ukraine for the second time. The insurgents had already taken over uh, in the southeastern section of uh, Ukraine, that's known as the Donbass, uh, in the area around Donetsk, uh, which is where I started going to in 1997 and have made numerous trips helping to plant churches, humanitarian aid, and all different kinds of work there. Um, and they, uh, the insurgents took over uh, that area, but then in February they made a uh, concentrated effort to destroy Ukraine. And uh, I was notified that by a text message from two of my friends in Ukraine that said, pray for us, we're under attack. And I have never, uh, it still gives me chills. Uh, I never expected that in the least. Um, when the war began, I was compelled to do as much as possible as I could to help. And initially, started working with Healing Hands, a group called Sea Star Kids. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But Sea Star Kids is an organization started by Dr. Gary Jerkins. Many of you know him. Um, he was in school with me. We graduated together. Our daughters um, and our children graduated together. He has Sea Star Kids, which was a group initially founded to help the orphans in Ukraine, supported by members of the Church of Christ. Since the fighting started, we have kind of modified and expanded our efforts to help the families uh, that have been displaced, especially the children. And um, my wife, Marcel, and myself are on the board. And so we were working with them and with congregations, including Otter Creek, to help put together the five-gallon humanitarian aid buckets. We had a modest goal of 10,000, which I am proud to say we were successful in filling 10,000 buckets and shipping over 10,000 into Poland primarily, uh, where they've been distributed uh, to the refugees fleeing Ukraine into Poland and also distributed throughout uh, Ukraine as, uh, as needed. Um, but I, I, having made so many trips to Ukraine, I, I just had to get closer. I, I, I felt so helpless. And so uh, I prayed about it. And the Lord graciously answered my prayers. And He introduced me to faces like this. Uh, I was privileged to uh, go to Romania to help with the refugee effort there uh, March 16th. And... Uh, I can't tell you, I, I, words will not describe uh, what a rewarding, inspirational, and uh, wonderful trip it has been. Uh, on my first trip, and I don't know if any of you know Larissa, I know David does, uh, probably. Uh, Larissa traveled with me, and what's very interesting is she grew up in Ukraine. She's Ukrainian. Uh, she spent uh, most of her youth from ages 5 through 17, all of her school years in Ukraine. So she's very fluent in Ukrainian. Her father was Rick Pinchuk, and he was a missionary uh, in Kiev, supported by Hillsborough. 
Um, and her fluent Ukrainian made her absolutely invaluable in helping uh, us with the refugees. She was able to talk and console uh, the ladies that had evacuated uh, because she was able to sit down and talk with them in their native language. She knew the culture, she knew the background. And uh, so she went with me. And then uh, on August 24th, I was able to return again. I just could not stay away. As you saw the faces, they're just hard to stay away from. A little bit of background on Romania. I know some of you have wondered about where Romania is. I, I had never been to Romania. It had been on my bucket list for a long time. I barely knew where it was. It's in southeastern Europe. It has access to the Black Sea. Um, it's slightly smaller than Oregon. It has a population of about 19 million. Um, it is a uh, very interesting country. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of tradition. Um, the Red Star, if you can see that, is the city, Cluj, uh, that I visited and was able to spend my time in. Uh, Romania is known for the Carpathian Mountains and primarily uh, when I think of Romania, I think of Transylvania. And of course, when you think of Transylvania, you think of medieval towns and you think of Braun Castle, long associated with the Dracula legend. And I was able to mark it off my bucket list. Uh, I came back, uh, a, a very interesting, very interesting site. Uh, on my first trip there, I was able to take a few days and visit another congregation of the church closer to Bucharest. And um, we were able to visit there, very interesting. The city of Cluj is about 300 miles north, northwest, as you saw the map of the capital of Bucharest, the unofficial capital of the Trans uh, uh, <coughs> Transylvania region. It's very interesting because all the banks, everything is named Transylvania. So you can't help but be uh, impacted with Dracula and. Vlad and the Impaler, and I mean, that's all you can think about. Cluj is a very interesting spot because it is the closest major transportation hub to the southwestern border of Ukraine. It's where the evacuees in the southern part of Ukraine, southwestern part of Ukraine, make their way uh, before they catch flights and trains to other parts of Europe. Um, now that is a tremendous opportunity, but it's also an overwhelming challenge for the small group of Christians that worship there as they attempt to house, feed, clothe, and shuttle these people as they come in uh, to escape the fighting. This is a picture of the congregation. They have, it's supported by a congregation, uh, the Valley View congregation out of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, they have about 25 to 40 members, um, quite a few are older. They really, I will say, 15 to 20 very active members. Uh, so it's a very small congregation, which means that the preacher, Dragos, and Serena end up doing a, having to do a lot of the work. They have three daughters. This is a picture of them, uh, Ruth, Alyssa, and Ariana, and I... I cannot say enough about their faithfulness, their commitment, and their tireless effort. I arrived March 17th, and the first two weeks I was there, I never remember them sitting down. 
I didn't see them eat. Now I know they sat down, I know they rested, and I know they ate, but most of the time was spent trying to help the refugees. A lot of things fall on their shoulders because the Ukrainians have, do not speak Romanian. Ukrainian and Romanian might as well be Chinese and Romanian. There are two distinctly different languages. So it requires the preacher and his wife, um, all the responsibilities fall on them to search for such things as prescription medicines, uh, taking people to the doctor, finding a vet for the pets, uh, buying groceries and other supplies, and I'll talk about our work there on that, uh, helping them set up banking and telephone service, and even meeting people, and I should have clicked this, meeting people at the train station uh, as the train arrives sometimes as late as 1 a.m. and uh, Drago's to get up in the middle of the night, get dressed, leave the family, go over there to meet the incoming train, bring them back, find a place for them to stay. If they haven't eaten, to take care of them. Uh, just remarkable what they did. Uh, it was very emotional. Um, I was able to witness God working through the Christians in Romania. And I can say, I can testify the fact that they live out the second greatest command, you shall love a neighbor as yourself. I was also awakened to the sobered realities of war uh, as I heard stories uh, and saw firsthand the impact that it had on the most vulnerable. Now, not seen to the extent that David has, and I'm kind of thankful of that, and I guess David would probably tell all of us that probably things you don't want to see. The stories, the stories were bad enough. Um, very emotional, very emotional trips. Um, both trips I've made uh, were very emotional. They were different in different ways, uh, but they were, um, they were very so sobering to me. Uh, as a testimony to the trauma and emotional toll uh, that has been afflicted on the, the people, uh, and especially the children and the mothers of Ukraine, this is a picture of a young lady. Now, this is not mine. This was made by a journalist there in uh, Kiev. And uh, picture of one of the little children there where mom has written the name of the child and her contact information in case she's killed and the child survives. Uh, just uh, horrific, the things that are happening. Even watching the children use the sidewalk chalk, I had, I had thought, uh, I said, what in the world do I take? And so I put a couple of cartons of sidewalk chalk. Kids always seem to love that. And, uh, but still it's emotional to see the pictures the children were drawing. Pictures of Ukraine, their homes, the flag, the Ukrainian colors, blue and gold. Uh, every time you turn around, it was something emotional. And as I mentioned, uh, Larissa was able to help the ladies it was therapeutic for her to be able to be there and to listen to the stories. And she did not share all the stories. I think some of them were so horrific, uh, probably so personal, 
that she was unwilling uh, to, to share those um, with only the people that she talked with. Um, but it was a roller coaster of emotions. We would have conversations full of laughter. The people there, that the refugees had come, they had spent a night or two there, they had seen the love of the congregation, they'd had a good warm meal, a nice warm bed, uh, they'd been hugged and uh, welcomed with open arms by the Christians there, and we would have laughter. But all of a sudden that would be replaced when you would hear uh, sisters or someone talking about a family member, perhaps a father that was left behind, and their building had been bombed, they could not get a hold of their father. Uh, there was instances you just really don't realize as, as the people were coming into church uh, initially, uh, the church is located near the airport, and so you've got the passenger planes flying over, and you see that the people react they're affected by PTSD. And so um, thankfully Larissa was there and because she spoke Ukrainian was able to comfort the folks and tell them not to worry. This is just a passenger plane. Uh, we're close to the airport. She recalled jumping on a trampoline with a blue-eyed toddler and she wrote this. Says, Hearing her giggle and squeal and little does she know that everything that she has left behind has been destroyed. Uh, hearing stories about dead bodies piling up on the streets because families simply cannot bury their loved ones because of the continuous shelling and how the people in cities in such as Mariupol cannot leave and they were faced literally with starving to death because they could get out. Uh, I read uh, this weekend that over 25,000 estimated now people, civilians, in Mariupol alone were slaughtered by the Russians. So you had these people uh, sharing these stories. I had a most interesting experience. I traveled into Ukraine. Now I wasn't as brave as the gentleman on the back row. I only went about 25 miles into Ukraine. That was plenty far enough. Uh, nine hour journey only about 250 miles, but by the time you make the border crossing and the fact that the, um, the journey from Cluj to Chernitsi, which is where we ended up, is through the mountains, like going through the Rocky Mountains, it takes about nine hours. And there I was able to witness something that I will never forget, and sounds that I will hear and recall every time uh, I hear a suitcase that's rolled across asphalt. You know what it sounds like, it makes that rumble. You're sitting there at the border crossing and you hear a rumble and you look up and it's a lady with one or two children, maybe a lady and uh, or two, maybe two families. They've left their husband, they've left their father behind and they've been placed and they're crossing the border on foot pulling their suitcases. Uh, for a new life in a new country and I, uh, it will bring tears to your eyes to see that, especially the little ones pulling their little suitcase, everything that they own that they have left. Uh, this is the Chinese Church of Christ. Um, it is located about 70 miles from the city that I have spent a long time in, Ivano Frankist. I've actually taught Bible classes at Chinese, so it was wonderful to be back there. They house about 45 evacuees. 
and uh, it was a full house. I really wanted to see what the refugees were going through. I wanted to make a border crossing uh, to see what it was involved there. I wanted to see what it was like to spend the night. A lot of the people there that are uh, evacuating come to the border, they'll spend the night, and then make arrangements to cross. And so Trinitsi is a perfect place, and the Church of Christ is a very welcome home to them. I was there, as I was there, as I, I was able to share in the camaraderie of spending the night with 35 other people on the floor. I spent the night, I did not sleep because most of the people snored. Uh, I, it was pleasant to hear snoring because I know I've met several people there that had traveled through very precarious situations for hours on end searching for gas, wondering if they're going to be attacked, wondering if a bomb, a missile is going to hit them. Uh, a lot of them escaped uh, from a bomb shelter or from a, a underground metro uh, uh, just in, when there's a lull in the fighting. So to hear them being able to relax and snore was a, uh, a very welcome sound. We did have the opportunity to evacuate uh, a little family, Victoria, Yvonne, and Vaya, um, a little family from Kiev. And again, the emotions, uh, I can't put into words seeing them say goodbye to their father, Andrew, who's in the militia, and you know he's going back to Kiev, and he will probably be fighting. And they, uh, we, we brought them back with us, uh, back to Cluj, and they have since been settled uh, in one of the churches in the southern part of Romania. Um, just a very, very emotional. This is, uh, I just wanted to share this, uh, Dragos and Audi. Audi is my friend. Dragos is the preacher. Audi is another young man. Uh, he has made countless trips into Ukraine with humanitarian aid. Um, he was my driver when I went into uh, Ukraine, uh, but they've literally run the wheels off their cars. Uh, during the summer, uh, they had an abnormally hot summer uh, in uh, Romania. Uh, it got up over 100 degrees. Neither car survived the ordeal. Uh, too many trips to the grocery store, too many trips into Romania, overloaded with supplies. I am happy to report that both of them have been able to replace their cars and they'll be back on a mission of mercy this week. Um, they continue to do that. It's very, I love this. Uh, when my car breaks down, uh, a lot of things come to mind. First is how much it's going to cost. <laughs> Secondly, how am I going to get to Starbucks or Walmart or Home Depot or wherever I go since I'm retired? I uh, don't have to make it to work. Uh, Serena wrote, the worst part wasn't that the car broke down, is that we needed to get back home and go shopping for the refugees to get food for them. And now we can't. But God works. Two different people called Dragos and offered their help. So God is good. God is providing. That type of faith is extended every day there. Um, I mean, they walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, I tell you, I, I received so much more. I tried to give everything I could. 
but you can't outkill them. I receive so much uh, back from them. It's very challenging to help people whose world has literally come apart. Um, the church has a trampoline, and I never thought trampoline would be that therapeutic. The kids, it's like a magnet. The kids come into the little courtyard of the church building, and they're on the trampoline. Wonderful. For some, all it takes to uh, help them forget the, the conditions they've left, the trampoline, a Bible storybook, crayons and all. But there were other, other times when it wasn't so easy. This is Tatiana. She'd been coming to us. We set up a, a food pantry. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But uh, she came one morning had tears in her eyes. I knew something was wrong. She did not speak good uh, English. So one of our uh, Ukrainians who uh, is fluent in English uh, embraced her and we found out that she had lost her home. This is a picture of Irpin where she lived. This is a picture that she shared with me. This is video from her home. Uh, Irpin is one of the places where such uh, horrendous uh, conditions existed and uh, most of the people that evacuated are what we would call European middle class. They have worked hard in the last 30 years to uh, achieve a level of success where they can have clothes, uh, a, a sense of independence. Their kids go to school, they're able to go out to eat and all, and all that's been destroyed. For some of them it's been destroyed twice because when the insurgents came into uh, the southeastern part of Ukraine in 2014, um, one, of the, one of my friends, one of the young men there that I taught English to, told me that his dad had a successful business, had to leave that, abandon that, and go into western Ukraine, and now has had to abandon that again. So if you can imagine having to start over and start over and start over. This is uh, the next picture's uh, family, uh, the Lashinas. Um, it was interesting seeing them arrive. This is a picture video of them in their shelter. And during a lull in the fighting, they were able to escape. And about the time they hit the road, the shelling and the firing started again. Drove two days. I saw them get out of the car. I was standing there when they arrived at the church. And honestly, they were, they were emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically gone. I mean, there was nothing left. I mean, there was the, the faces were just solemn. And uh, to see them, uh, thankfully, uh, after two or three days, uh, we became very close friends. You get, you get attached to these people very quickly. Um, I, I'm a patter. I come from that. And we hug a lot. <laughs> and we pat. And it's amazing, the therapeutic... <laughs> Uh, benefits of patting, a smile, and uh, my broken Ukrainian, which I don't know much of, but I know just enough sometimes to make people smile a little bit because they laugh at my pronunciation. It's got an et in a pronunciation, and they don't understand that. So. But uh, to see them two or three days later and to see them helping us, uh, just amazing. They now, uh, the congregation there, the congregation there in Cluj, um, they make all the arrangements when the people want to leave. They decide someplace they can go. 
and they will connect with the other churches and they'll pass them off to the church in Vienna and then they'll pass them off to a church in Germany and so now they're in Germany. So uh, they're just getting a constant stream of love from members of the church. Uh, finding ways to best assist our traveling angels and I preferred that instead of refugees. Um, we uh, provide three meals a day. We have a um, apartment building next to the church that uh, the people in Arkansas that sponsor the congregation have rented so they can stay there or at the guest houses and well, we provide three meals a day or the congregation does. A lot of work. Uh, provide other basic necessities. The lady there um, suffering from cancer could not believe that Serena would go to the trouble to find the medicine she needed much less provide it for free. Toys for the children and who could forget the puppy dogs. We started a food pantry, fed over 20,000. I want to get a McDonald's sign, you know. They used to have, most of us our age can remember as they kept increasing. Well, you do not realize how much work goes into feeding five to 600 people a week. This is the grocery shelves before, this is after. Actually, after they've been tidied up a little bit. A lot of work goes in. This is the produce section and the dairy food section. This is the baptistry. It's been repurposed for bulk food, bulk produce, and we had two baptism. I'll show you, and you have to clean that out, clean out the baptistry. I mean, there's always something to do there, uh, but it's a lot of work. Refugees queue in line early to, to get the best selection. This is one of our typical um, shoppers. This is Julian. He suffers from epilepsy and also has trouble with his speech and his mother Alona there from Odessa. Even though I've been there for 12 weeks, still it's emotional to see the people have to line up for food and see them carry the food out. They don't want to do that. They're very independent. Um, the Ukrainian ladies who live in Cluj have kind of set up Cluj as their home, um, assist us. They're so wonderful. This is two pictures of them. Dear, dear friends. Uh, on the left, the ladies bagging eggs. Some of you know me from long ago, and you know why they don't let me handle the eggs. So, uh, <laughs> uh, on on the right is a uh, some other ladies. Uh, they've got a note there from Meredith uh, that she put in. Uh, she and Allison, our two daughters, uh, sent winter clothing uh, for the children there, and they put notes in there. And so this is a note from them. And there's always the cleanup. And uh, even the little ones, even the little ones want to help. They uh, have a very good, uh, a very good example set for them. So, and what is a food without a food pantry without food? It's empty. This is a typical trip. The challenge, how do you get $1,000? Every trip I went on, we spent about $1,000 how do you shovel that into a mid-size SUV without breaking the eggs or squashing the bread? That was my position on the first trip. I made a lot of journeys and that's what I saw coming back. Eggs on the bottom, toilet paper or bread on top. Um, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Now they do that three times a week. We tried to do it 
uh, five days a week, could not, literally could not handle the logistics of going back and forth to the store. It just absolutely run ragged. Now, I did learn something valuable. I learned the Romanian word for garlic. Quite helpful when you're in Transylvania and you never know when it might come in necessary. Uh, this is some other pictures. And I want you to know, I think this line of groceries here is going into Ukraine. That's the amount of groceries. We shop at Metro. It's kind of like the Sam's Club or Costco of Europe. Uh, I love this picture. This is Drago's. He does this three times a week. He has to make more than one trip for each day the store is open. The $1,000 just gets the uh, dry goods, canned goods, flowers, water, stuff like that. He still has to go get produce, uh, meats, and dairies. Uh, look at that face. He's, he, he's just an incredible man. And uh, as I said, he's so uh, inspiring. The congregation's very uh, evangelistically uh, oriented. Uh, these are Bibles that are given away. Uh, children's study Bible, the children's Bible from EEM has been wonderful because the kids left with what they could put in a little suitcase, maybe the clothes on the back so they didn't have books. Uh, the congregation has had to add on. While I was gone in the summer, Dragos, along with everything else, built this little class building because we took over the children's classroom for the food pantry. He built a little gazebo on the back and a play area for the children while their mom and dad uh, waited for food. Uh, this is my English class, and uh, always interesting, the ladies that come. It takes a while, they have to wait uh, to take turns because it's a very small area to get in and out of. So uh, I taught English. Uh, very, a very enjoyable distraction for the ladies. Kind of took their mind off the worries and all. And they even might probably learned a little bit of English, probably Southern English. But they, uh, we had a lot of fun. We laughed together. Just wonderful. Uh, the congregation there includes, in addition to handling all the, uh, the effort, uh, taking care of the refugees, uh, they hosted a Bible school. And we had 30 uh, Romanian Christians that came for over a week. And uh, they enjoyed studies. Uh, I taught on uh, First Peter. And uh, we had what we call the Northern Romanian Bible School. We had, were able to do personal Bible studies. The people there are not only physically, uh, have physical needs, they're spiritual needs, emotional and mental. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of our opportunities to do Bible studies. I taught a series of lessons on living through crisis. And uh, I couldn't help but notice one of the uh, ladies, Oksana, she, her eyes were red. And she'd have tears sometimes. And that when I inquired, I found that she'd lost her son in the war. So I tried to uh, tried to bring some comfort through that. Serena also teaches that she doesn't have anything else to do, so she teaches Romanian classes. The kids are trying to uh, enter school, and they have to learn Romanian. Um, the class, the congregation has Saturday Bible classes for the Ukrainian children. After the class, um, this young lady, Alina, who has five children, uh, teaches crafts. She's a very, very accomplished artist. And these are some of the 
artists showing their works. And I will just plug this. This is a calendar that we made from the pictures of the kids. And I just happened to have those. And I, I was locked out of the building. I went out to get them and the door locked. And <laughs> so I didn't get back. If you would like one and you'll stay just a minute, I will go to my car. But stop the war, save the children. Uh, these are all pictures of them uh, that we took. Um, looking for one of those. Uh, little girl that's just been traumatized by the air raid sirens mm -hmm. that keep going off every day, every day. Um, anyway, just uh, you can see why I enjoy going. Uh, we were able to provide backpacks, tremendous success. Uh, over 200 backpacks, Sea uh, Star Kids and uh, Healing Hands uh, provided the money. Serena Dragos and the congregation went and bought the backpacks and filled them with school supplies for the children. Sunday services, I had the privilege of taking that responsibility off of Dragos and it's wonderful to be able to share God's Word with those that are so hurting. Uh, a lot of these people grew up, most of them, in either Russian Orthodox, Greek Catholic background. They, they're very religious, but they, they're very naive when it comes to relationship with God. And it is a, it's very rewarding to see them, the, the, the simple services that we have the simple love and the simple message uh, of God's love, uh, not only taught, but demonstrated openly. It's just wonderful. Uh, it does have unique challenges. I don't want to spoil those of you going to second service, but first service reminded me very much of singing and being and teaching in Sunday uh, morning, Sunday school and worship in Romania. We sang Christmas carols. Everybody sang their own Christmas carol. Okay. If you've ever heard singing in Ukrainian, Romanian, and English, and the young man up here, he's Ivan in the middle, up there in the white. I've known him since 2015. He was a student of mine at Bear Valley Bible Institute where I was teaching. Couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, bless his heart. But the singing... Uh, is interesting and trying to make sure we do everything decently and in order. First uh, Corinthians fourteen twenty seven says, uh, "If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three interpreters." And so we kept to the Bible principle. There we have. To, I spoke in English, and then Ivan spoke in Ukrainian. And then we had the Romanian speaker. And we have to stay in sync. It's kind of like a verbal juggling. Uh, we even had a wedding. This couple, Alina and Dima, had been hastily married uh, before she evacuated. And then he la later was able to join them. Serena and Dragos, have you heard that those names before? They decided they needed a proper wedding. So they even gave a wedding. And most wonderfully, this is our new sister, Anna now lives in Scotland. She's gone back to school. And this is Bianca, who was baptized shortly before I came back. 
ongoing efforts. This is an example of the challenges that they're facing. This is a group of um, 13 orphans, three handicapped, with three adults taking care of them. And uh, Serena and Dragos try to meet those needs. And there's hundreds of those there. Operation Magi, we are shipping three to 400 Magi boxes into Ukraine. I'm so excited. Uh, on the 23rd, Dragos and Audi left with the first delivery of 100 packages. Beautiful boxes filled with, with uh, items for the children. And not only the children in, in Ukraine, but also the poor children in Romania. We do not want to leave them out. So we're providing for them too. Um, this is a testimony. Someone wrote that since the war started, the church includes has continually assisted and helped Ukrainian refugees in every way possible. I think the most important accomplishment is the fact that the Church of Christ is now known not only throughout the city of Cluj in, in Romania, but in Ukraine and other effort areas of Europe. And most wonderfully, the name of God is being praised as God's love is being shown. And that's truly an assessment. Um, as I close, I would just ask you to continue to pray. This calendar is a reminder. Um, when you look up, at, if you want one of these calendars, I'll get it for you, but when you look up there, say a little prayer. Things are probably worse today uh, for a majority of the people than they were when the war first started. Not as many deaths, not as much fighting, killing, but the people there are living with two hours or no electricity. A lot of them don't have food, they've lost their jobs. Um, this is our sisters at a Bible study in Trinitsi that I saved a picture of. If you notice, uh, they're operating by candlelight, but they're still worshiping. They're still doing their Bible studies. Again, incredible. And I've got a lot of friends and loved ones there. This is Congregation of Bono Frankiste. And over on the left is my baristas. Uh, those of you that know me know I love coffee. I homesteaded a little place there uh, at the coffee shop there in Abano Frankies. Love these people. Uh, and I know the young people there are being impacted by the war. I sent this little, he, he, is, he is like a, a, a another, you got another brother here. Uh, this little girl is my goddaughter. Uh, I baptized her. I've known her since she was three or four years old. She was trapped in Mariupol. Uh, these are friends of mine. Oh, goodness. Uh, just dear, dear friends. The kids here, they're going to be drafted, or their, their boyfriends, the, the men will be drafted. The, the ladies are probably evacuated. This is the teachers at the school where I teach. I teach twice a year at a university there. King Daniel uh, University. I teach about four to five weeks twice a year, and these are my teachers. And this is some more. And this little girl is a friend of mine. Your friend, she's expecting twins. And she's in Dnieper, Dnieper Petros, which is one of the cities I'm worried about her. Uh, I hope she's evacuated. Uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity, and uh, uh, let's close with. Let's close. Yes. How often do you 
question. Um, most of you all know that you know we were missionaries for a long time in Guatemala, and we have you know yeah. three little kids, three little girls. So it caught my attention. The preacher and his wife—they have three little girls, and I just want to make sure that those three little girls are getting the attention that exactly. they need. You know who is helping them. That's the reason I have it. I went over there for five weeks, came back, I had some things to do here, and I had to go back because I, uh, yeah, I wonder, I worry about the children because, I, and I didn't have time to say this, but I mean, they're doing all this and they still have to take the kids to school every morning, gymnastics, uh, birthday parties and all that, and try some semblancy of normalcy. There. How are the girls processing all the uh, things that they see? I think they fairly well. Uh, I, Charlie Pierman, you know Charlie, some of you know Charlie. He went with me on the second trip. He was able to sit down with Dragos and uh, confidentially Dragos uh, told him that he and Serena were having more arguments. They'd never had arguments before. You can only imagine. I mean, you get up in the middle of the night, you don't get any sleep, you've got three daughters. You've got 13 orphans. You've got people coming to him. While I was there, uh, a young man came and his son had fallen and broken this orbital bone. And they needed not a surgeon, but they needed a pediatric surgeon uh, because this bone would continue to grow. Dragos had tears in his eyes and was working to find that. That's the kind of, that's the kind of things that are affecting. So uh, what I would say, uh, we need to pray for Ukraine, but we also need to pray for the people in Romania and Poland and Germany and Hungary and England and all the other countries because it's been eight plus, uh, almost nine months, I think, if I counted right, that the war's been going on. And I tell you, just 12 weeks over there, I come back exhausted. I do not know how they're continuing to do that. And again, the little congregation just has about 15 active members, and uh, to see them putting together the Magi boxes and uh, to think about the joy that, that the children will receive. And that's what, that, that's how they continue. They know, they know what they're doing things for the Lord and the Lord's name is being glorified. You're exactly right. Thank you for adding that. I, I kind of rushed through this. So any other questions? Um, again, and I have calendars. Let's have a prayer before we dismiss. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love uh, which extends throughout the world and especially for those that uh, are so caring that uh, love others and love you um, in, in such a uh, faithful and deep and passionate way. Pray that you would bless them. Pray that you would bring this world to an end. Pray that you would comfort those that are hurting uh, as a whole nation. Uh, there it's hurting and other people uh, throughout the world they're in difficult situations uh, pray that you would help us and give us wisdom here um, in America to know how best to help them and to never forget uh, your love that you've shown to us in Christ's name Amen, Amen.